This week, we're in awe of one actor's performance. We say hello to some older actors again. And we say goodbye to our beloved Viserys. Welcome to Bastards and Broken Things. Yes, yes, hello to all the lovely lords and ladies of the realm. I am, of course, your host, Sir Len. Uh, and joining me this week is one of the fiercest ladies of the realm. Not constrained by draconian times they live in, they rise above and deliver noble and true accounts of each week's episode. It's Lady Baron. Hello. 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 Thank you for that rousing introduction. Very rousing. Mm. Very rousing. Some would say as rousing as a certain few speeches in this episode. Um, but we'll get on to that, yeah. won't we? Don't 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 set yourself up for failure that that soon. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, in talking about failure, nah, I'm joking. I wanna I wanna thank Bronze John for uh, hosting for me last week. I think he did a fantastic job. He reminded me a bit, Lucy, of Jon Snow. You know. I said, you, you're going to have to be king. And he said, I don't want it. And I said, you know, but, you know, like Jon Snow, he he, he served the realm honourably yeah. in a way. Yeah, he knows nothing, but, you know, he gave it a good go. <laughs> oh, that was good, actually. Just like Jon Snow. Yeah, no, very good. Jon, thank you for hosting last week. I think you did a bang up, fantastic job. Uh, you and Emma covering episode seven, which ended up being... Uh, bit of a mad episode really where i think off off mic me and gareth gave it a five uh, lucy you gave it a four i believe um so overall we felt it was the best episode of the season emma actually gave it a five as well how are you doing lucy you okay i'm okay yes i've had my own uh yeah. viserys like illness always oh, ill Jesus. um which is why i couldn't feature quite last minute last week mm. um it was basically like being hung over for a week but i wasn't hung over but i just had the sort of rank feeling um didn't didn't lose an eye or an arm so not quite viserys level but yeah not great um but i'm back and i'm feeling better and i'm ready to chat about the dragon show chat about the dragon show an episode which featured no dragons no um, dragons although that's actually not a bad thing in my opinion i think you know there's going to be plenty of that that coming up in season two so just everyone chill out okay it's not a problem mm. that we didn't see much dragons of course we're here this week to talk about episode eight titled lord of the tides obviously referring to lord corley's and his um his seat on driftmark and who would succeed him as lord of the tides because of course the little bloody corley's got injured didn't he um off screen i'm gonna off screen, which is very interesting, but I kind of like it in a way. So, what did we think of this week's episode? I'm going to go first, Lucy. Okay. I'm going to go first because that's the order I've written in my notes. It is your yeah. right as host to choose who goes when. So, <laughs> thanks. Continue. Cheers. Yeah, good. I have talked about this on the hot take with Gareth uh, because obviously we do a hot take after every episode, and me and Gareth give you our unsullied 
unresearched um, and you know first time viewing thoughts and uh, we both agreed that this was the best episode of the season for, for several reasons we've, we fell down on that and I think I think it's it's Gaz put it in a way that he said the show has come to life um, and that's not to say that it wasn't good or even great because if you actually look at our track record we'd pretty much consistently given every episode four blueberries mm. um you know as the season has gone on now it, it it was missing a little something a little je ne sais quoi yeah um because there were moments where i was like is there going to be like some five blueberry episodes in here i'm not I don't, I don't feel attached to the characters enough. The time jumps aren't helping with that situation yeah. um, because we don't feel, you know, like we're as invested or emotionally connected to the characters. But, I mean, this episode, to put it in one way, had me almost in tears twice. Um, and at scenes that I just thought things that would never, ever get me feeling that way. Um uh, yeah, and and in, in great part, that's thanks to a fantastic performance from, um, and you always correct me on this, Lucy, because I get it wrong every time. Paddy Constadine, is that Just right? Paddy oh. Constadine. Constadine. Well, I think Const- you can say Constadine, but you always say Constantine. But I think <laughs> yeah. the people know who yeah. you mean. Different character. But yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Now yeah. you've got me doubting okay. how I say it in my mind. I'm like, what do oh, I say? Yes. You're supposed to be the Paddy expert. Paddy, Con- so Paddy Considine, that's what yeah. I would say. Um, he's been a total rock this season. Um, he has been the one constant, I would say, um, that has really united us as a podcast. I think across all of us, I think he has been our favourite character predominantly. And, you know, his interpretation of the series compared to that of the book is just... He's just elevated the character. Um, I, I even mentioned to Gaz in the hot take that George has even said that like Paddy's done an unbelievable job. Like George said this about, and this is a bit of a weird one, but George said this about Shay in the show compared to his uh, written version of Shay. Um, and he said the same thing about Paddy. He said that he he's completely changed the way he looks at that character and he wrote that character. So that's quite interesting. Um, you know, I, I thought his last moments here were just jaw-dropping. Um, and it it wasn't an action-packed episode, but it, it, we had a bit of a, you know, action-y type one next, last week, I feel personally, with like, you know, the standoff and stuff in, in, in the, the Hall of Driftmark and Vagar being, you know, tamed, as it were. Um, I just thought this was excellently constructed and it had very emotional moments and tension throughout um it was heartbreaking to watch at times um and i couldn't take my eyes off it lucy so i i genuinely believe that this is um the best episode of the season so far uh, and i'm going to give it five bloobs five whole blueberries delicious ones out of the fridge five yeah. out of five again yeah yeah uh yeah gaz would give it the same but he's not here so I honour him. My my trusty squire uh, is out fetching me more wine. And to do that, he's had to go all the way to dawn. Yeah. So he'll be back next week. So don't worry about that. 
Okay, but he gives it he gives it five as well. Ship him back in. Uh, what do you reckon then? Uh, agree agree with basically everything you've said. I think your sentiments are sound. Um, sound of mind. I'd give it four. I'd give it four blueberries, purely because for me, um, the time jumps again are are losing aspects of the quality of it for me. The aging of the children takes me out of the action. Because I'm thinking, well, he looks older than him, but he looks much older than that kid, doesn't look much older than the other kid. It's making yeah. keeping track of certain characters confusing. I think um, the Valarians, the daughters, I'm like, I don't know who that is when they're talking about different Raina names. and Bela. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know. I can't really recognize <laughs> it is them. It, yeah. There was a scene with, um, is it Rainis? Who I think yep. she's a fantastic actress. But when they were talking about people, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm losing who this is. Um, we'll talk about it a bit later, I'm sure. But you're just losing character development for quite big characters, I think. Because it's like six years later. Okay, Rhaenyra's just pregnant again. Um, I thought she didn't want yeah. to be someone that's just popping out airs. And now she's just mum. It's like protective mum. That's just her character which I, I think loses some of the characterization that we got in the previous iteration in the first five episodes. I think that um, you see a softening of Alison, which is interesting if it's genuine, but I just think, where's that come from? Because we haven't seen it. Last episode, she was absolutely such a fucking bitch. And now you, you can kind of see yeah. that she's turned away from that. And it just, that makes it feel a bit more rushed. But everything you've said that was good about the episode, I agree with. Those little things took me out of it. And I have to say, I shared it on our WhatsApp group that I'd seen a tweet beforehand that basically, it was such a hyperbolic tweet that made out that this was basically Battle of the Bastards. Like it was the best thing, some of the best 63 (laughs) minutes of TV ever shown. Like all this stuff. And I was like, oh my God. And I have to admit, for some reason that made me think dragons. I was like, this is going to be fucking dragon okay. showdown. Okay. And when it was actually quite a quiet, low-key episode in comparison to maybe the previous one, I thought, oh, what's that? Why? Like, yeah, it, it that it's not the show's fault yeah. that I saw a tweet that made me have heightened expectations. No, it's um, definitely the show's fault. Unbelievable. For blame the writers. Um, they made you go on Twitter. It's well, I think I think out- the guy, outrageous. I think whoever tweeted was a bit of a like corporate shill for HBO. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, no, it was it, it had really strong moments. You know, I, I hope we can devote a, a proper segment to um, Viserys and Paddy because I think his performance was like this little seam of gold running through the whole show. And I've always been a very staunchly pro Viserys. Um, I loved his character from the start and he he's kind of what kept me going when sometimes it was a bit flat. Um, so I hope we can go into his performance a little bit more. But yeah, I thought it was it was a good episode. Oh, we will. And it set it up. But I feel like every, every episode is like, oh, that sets it up and then nothing really happens. You're like, oh, this this is it. This is going to really set it up. I think this, re- this is it now. This really is going to set it up for the... Uh... <laughs> if this one doesn't set it up, <laughs> what will? I'll something. What fucking will? <laughs> Maybe it's not um, going to be set up. But yeah, no, it was it was a very good episode. Like, um, I I think that the time hops for me, um, just let's do the time hop again. No, let's not. Let's leave it. I'm hoping they're not going to do that anymore. Right? <laughs> it's gonna. These are going to be the actors we've got. Um, you don't know. She's not going to pop up pregnant again. Like, guys, she doesn't know. She doesn't know about the next time jump. 
coming uh, oh. in next episode. No, Eight I'm years later, this, oh my God. This, this is not unbelievable. I'll, Imagine I'll that. I'll sue. I'll quit. Hey, here's this really cool actor for Eamon. <laughs> and now he's 75 <laughs> yeah. years old. The Dance of the Dragons happened. The end. Off screen. Um, yeah, no. Uh, I think this season, and I've said this before. Uh, thank you for your thoughts, Lucy. I, I think this season, and I've said this before, it's because... This is a prologue. Now, it does happen in the book that you get these time jumps. One minute you're in 123, 124 <laughs> AC, so 124 years after Aegon's conquest. And then the next chapter is like, in the years that passed, this this, this happened. Uh, in the year 129 AC, so you just... I do you know, I do get it. Like the text, There's just five the years is obviously. It, as you say, it's more of a sort of um, collection of Encyclopedic events. Encyclopedic Yeah. So they have to pad it out. Accounts. And yeah. I, I actually think, it, generally speaking, it's been done well, but there's just nuances that are lost. And also some, some actors have aged loads and then others are just like, you're exactly the same. Um, mm. And it's stuff like that. Maybe you should just ignore it. But I go, oh, well, that one's that old and that one doesn't hasn't aged at all. And then I'm not watching the show because <laughs> I'm thinking about yeah. the lack of ageing. Whereas Viserys has disintegrated into, like, the corpse bride, <laughs> well, the corpse king. Zombu. Whereas Damon is just he's like, just... no, I'm still Damon's, exactly the Damon's same. Damon's looking better than ever. Yeah, he's, he's glowing. Than ever. Jesus. My God. Drop your skincare routine, hun, because you're looking better than ever. You're looking fine, son. I will say that, um, yeah, I, I agree with the time jumps. I think we're just not used to it because Game of Thrones obviously takes... The War of the Five Kings, whatever, takes place over like five, yeah. four or five years in, in that many seasons. Um, you know, George originally toyed with the idea of um, having a huge time jump uh, after Feast or, sorry, after Storm of Swords. And then it would be like five years later for Feast and and uh, and um, Dance, because obviously it's sort of a split book. Mm. Um but he never went. He never went through with it because he felt it. It was uh, too much. You know what I mean? Just to be time jumping. But can with you? Those I'm, I'm wondering. Can you think of any other shows where within a season it moves around time so so much? I'm not years. saying that in a rude way. I'm just saying, is there a precedent for it? Because maybe that's why it makes me so sort of discombobulated. Um, because it's not something you normally see over like ten seasons. I'm all discombobulated. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I it's actually me, can't. Watch it. Yeah. So maybe that's... I can't think of. Maybe people like don't that, really. do it because it doesn't always work that well. Yeah, I, I genuinely think it, it, if the show's actually done a very good job considering the time jumps when you've just mm, said it like that, yeah. like, think about how the episode still made us really like emotional, made us care, even though they had these time jumps, which isn't you know something that really usually um, ties you or binds you to the characters that you're watching. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. But anyway... Let's have a quick little advert and then we'll jump into the plot of episode eight, The Lord of the Tides. Hello there. Yes, quick advert just to say um, this season, uh, the support from you lovely listeners has been amazing. Um, we've got lots of new Patreons, um, you know, loads of new subscribers, and that's absolutely fantastic. So thank you very much. Of course, if you 
do want to subscribe, that's fantastic. If you want to write in, you can write into us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, like I said there with the lovely Patreons, you can support us further by going to patreon.com forward slash fancritical and donating some money to us uh, monthly. You don't have to do much at all. Uh, you get some access to some bonus content and you also uh, just join the lovely club that supports us making podcasts for you. Because as I've said before, this isn't our main job. This isn't, <laughs> believe it or not, we are not professional podcasters. Not many people are hey. in the world because um, <laughs> there's only a very, very select few people who can do this as a full-time job. So anything that you donate to us is hugely appreciated. Uh, isn't that right, Lucy? Yes, really mass- it massively. Um, it makes us feel loved and it also feeds oh, us. Yeah, the love. So emotionally and physically, because we, you know, Beautiful. Co- cost of living crisis, it ain't no joke. So keep, keep <laughs> it, it coming. no joke, son. But definitely worth you spending your money, your hard-earned money, to uh, feed us. <laughs> yes. Desperate yes. podcasts. Think about poor little Gareth. Yeah. Think about him, all right? If I were to describe Gareth to you, he <laughs> is tiny, minuscule, wasting away before our very eyes. He yeah. would describe and himself as average height, but yes, continue, Len. Yeah, so just think about that. Just picture that. Picture a weak little fella, and you see him, and he's getting bullied by us all the time. You. Right? That's yeah. the other thing. Well, all of us, so yeah. Uh, so just think about him, and then think, bloody hell, he needs some help. And then go to patreon.com forward slash fancritical, Okay. Yes. Thank you, lovely listeners. Donate to the now bullies. <laughs> Donate to the people bullying Gaz to help him. Yeah, do that. <laughs> do that. All right, let's jump into the plot of episode eight. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. All right, Luce, we talked about these time jumps, uh, but here we go. My first note is six years on <laughs> from the <laughs> Straight <events> away. <laughs> in episode seven. Uh, the House Valarian uh, succession is threatened when Lord, Lord Corley's uh, is severely wounded in the Stepstones, which, of course, is a resurgent battle because the tri- triarchy are back. They're We're back, baby. Back at it again. Um, back at it again. But we don't need to see any more crab people, so it's kind of good in a way. Um, and the, the scene opens with Rainey's, uh sitting on the throne, the Driftwood throne, and defending Lord Corley's decision that Lucerys, uh Valerian, Rhaenyra's second son, should inherit Driftmark. Um, you also see here that Baylor, the one you don't really 
remember, is <laughs> uh, her granddaughter. So that's Damon and Lena's uh, twins, uh, Baylor and Raina. You see Baylor is here and she is a ward. Um, so that's also interesting to note. That, that, that always that ends well. Her grandmother. Yeah. Yeah. Usually being a ward is a form of, no, it's, that's not true. I Hostage. Say a form of punishment. Well, it's, it's like a it's hostage. Punishment for the other family, isn't it? It's it's if if you do yeah. anything wrong, we have your child. And that's right. Bear that's that in right. mind. But they are still raised as like essentially befits someone of their status. Yeah. Um, if you remember, one of the most famous wards in the Song of Ice and Fire uh, story is Theon, mm. Theon Greyjoy, who is a ward of uh, Ned Stark, because the Greyjoys rose up, uh, tried a rebellion, and then got absolutely decimated. Mm-hmm. by uh, Robert, Ned, all of that lot. So it's interesting to note here that Lucerys uh, inherits the Driftwood throne because Gisseris is the Prince of Dragonstone, which means he is the heir to the Iron Throne. So it passes over him and goes straight to Lucerys. Yeah? Yeah, second which son. Another second son. Second, second son. Yeah, there's a lot of kids. So... Dear listeners, if you are struggling, it's okay. I struggle. Um, <laughs> there's fucking loads. I can't believe how many of the kids they've kept in the show, <laughs> in the book. In fact, I think they've only cut one, right? Which is kind of mad when you think about it. Who they could have really cut? streamed. Uh, Darren. It's Darian. <laughs> Darren. Darren. Darian. Okay, Darian is better. the way I should pronounce it. He is uh, the fourth son of Alicent. So Alicent has, no, the third son of Alicent and is her fourth child. So she has three chi- three children in the show. She's got uh, Egon the second, um, Aemond, Eyepatch Aemond. She's got Helena, the dreamer. And then she uh, also has a, a younger son called Darian, who is quite cool in the books, but they've got rid of him. So it's what right. it is. Um, it's uh, actually Lord Corliss's brother, Sir Vaymond Velaryon, that is petitioning uh, King's Landing to be named Lord Corley's heir, proclaiming Lucerys is illegitimate and saying that now a queen rules the seven kingdoms. Da, da, da. I mean, it's kind of uh, true. I did ask last week. I asked John and I asked this to Emma. Uh, I wasn't on, obviously, um, but I did message them. And I said... Do you think we're going to see anyone get their tongues cut out? Because obviously last week we had, uh, you know, Viserys claiming that yeah. anyone who mentions the illegitimacy of their kids, his kids, his grandkids, uh, would be have their tongue cut out. What you know? It's did treason. you think we were going to see see something like that this episode, Lucy? Did, is that what you thought would you, happen? You know what I did, but not actually to do with the the treasonous uh, naming of the bastards, I thought... We are jumping ahead, but you asked me, so I'm going to tell you. I thought Alison oh, yeah. was going to cut out... Have Diana's tongue cut out by... What's that Interesting. creepy little guy? Linus. Oh, you Laris? Laris. I thought he was going to sidle <laughs> out with his little scissors. Um, but I'm glad he didn't, so... Scissor man. Um, Sasquatch. We call him Sasquatch <laughs> on this podcast. Bigfoot. So, Bigfoot. Um, talking about that then, uh, we see that Alison uh, is getting informed, and she is the queen that is now ruling the Seven Kingdoms, by the way. Queen but Regent. We see that... Queen Regent, yeah. Essentially, her and Otto are making uh, decisions 
for the crown because we'll see in a bit that Viserys is fucked. Um, but uh, we see her getting informed that her son Egon has been essentially uh, raping servant girls. Um, and we see in this scene, she gives her some gold and what appears to be moon tea. Now, <clears throat> this is interesting. And I, I want to know where you fall down on this. Do we think that this is actually poison and not moon tea? Ooh. Um, poison is a woman's weapon, as we know. Oh, that's what the men say in this world. But I don't see why she'd give her gold and yeah. then poison her. She could just go drink this and then she's dead. Um, I don't think it's poison. I think it's moon tea and I think Yeah. I don't think she's really got the guts for anything like that. And good, because I, I was worried that she was gonna do something awful. Um but I don't think Alison is actually particularly built like that. She's not Cersei. She's mm. um well. I don't think well, I mean this is me watching it. Stop giving things away by saying well. Um No, no, I'm not well, giving Well, wait till you see. <laughs> civil wait war. Wait till you see this. Stop talking about civil war. Giving it away. Um I don't I don't think she's Got the ruthlessness. And I also think she fucking hates Aegon. I think she's like... She does. I don't think she wants him to be king, really. Like, as in, at this point in the show that we're talking about. And she's disgusted by him. So I actually don't think she would be like, well, I'm going to kill the people you're raping. Like, I actually don't think she's got that side to her. Yeah. I thought it's very open to interpretation. I thought the gold was potentially, like, you know, making an animal... Like, when you make an animal feel okay before you slit its throat um because it's it yeah i think it's very interesting i think it's very interesting um she might be that ruthless she might be genuinely she might um, but we've i don't last that's the thing the last episode i would say yeah she's calling for a fucking kid's eye like she's gone absolutely exactly. nuts and then this then six years later all that all that rage is gone we don't know where it's gone um she just seems a bit calmer She's maybe settled into the role of being Queen Regent. And I and I do think her, she's very, got a lot of distaste for her son and his proclivities. But you, you, you're not wrong. That yeah. it, could, it could be poison. It's something I didn't consider. But yeah, it checks out it was the, uh, the, the weapon of the woman. Well, yeah. I mean, look, I just heard a, uh, read some stuff online where people were questioning it. I genuinely questioned it when I watched it um, because it just felt, off to me something about yeah, it felt off it was it was a scene know? where i was expecting something awful to happen to the girl and i was yeah. like oh dear so so maybe that that feeling was because yeah it was poison um let's talk about egon egon the second obviously the first was egon the conqueror mm. um hugely successful individual <laughs> in terms of uh westerosi history and also <laughs> the targaryen dynasty it. very entrepreneurial <laughs> spirit that egon yes. yeah yeah he fought let's say he forged his own path influential yeah? figure um this egon oh my god he is a fucking loser and a horrible horrible person yes um in the books he is also a massive drunk who does this to the serving girls um he's a total prick yeah. basically um, and he sinks into his cups whenever there's issues or you know anything going on he just gets pissed um, so it's good to see they've kept that 
We see that Alison is wearing the seven-pointed star. Yeah, affirming her and the High Towers affiliation with the New Gods. Would you recognise that? We do not recognise the New Gods. I worship the Old Gods. Lucy, here's a question for you because I think this sort of missed or was quite swept under the carpet by the episode, and I've heard a lot of people not realise this. Uh, Do you know who Egon is married to? His sister. Correct, Helena. Yes, Targaryen. That was well. I didn't Um, know if they were actually married but i know they were betrothed in previous episodes well here's this do you know they've got three kids what at this point (laughs) yeah genuinely stupid okay no i didn't know that so they've got three kids and the only reason you'd know that in this episode is because helena walks in and goes where's that serving girl that's about to be dressing the children actually yeah i do remember that and i just didn't clock that yes this would be their children um Mm. that's on me Mm. um Okay. No, no, it's not on you. It's not on you. I think the show has not really shown them yet, and hopefully it will next week. You have, uh, they've got two twins, Jaheris and Jahera. A lot of twins. Uh, and they also... A lot of twins going yeah. down. Yeah. And also, there is, there's also twins in this episode, which is interesting. Um, and uh, Maylor is the other kid. Just talking on that twin thing, Lucy, because I haven't actually written it in my notes, but it's good to know that you noticed the twins in the Kingsguard. Um, it's it gets there's a very interesting story with them, but uh, do you know what their names are? No, so the twins, the, Se- the twins I meant Se- are Rhaenyra's and yeah. Damon's twins. They're not. They're they not twins. Uh, they're not twins. I would say they look exactly the same age to me. Yeah. Oh, I spoiled yeah. your little story. Does, Go ahead. No, you haven't. So you remember when Alison gets informed? She, she's like, oh, Sir Eric. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, uh, I'm Eric, your grace. Yeah. <laughs> like, I thought she was just so like two, saying the wrong word. Two twins in the Kingsguard, Sir Eric and Sir Eric. Good luck with that. Um, they both got long hair. Be, and beards. A bit unusual. A bit Viking. Yeah, so that's, that's something to uh, okay. look out for later in the, in the show. Tidbit. Um, so... Let's let's kick on. Rhaenyra, Day and Damon and their children return to the capital to defend Lucerys's claim. They find Viserys bedridden, bedridden and disfigured. Um, sad. Sad, isn't it? Going out sad. It. This is like me hung over in the morning. I said this in the hot take. Like this, the way Viserys looks is how I feel sometimes. Yeah, that's genuinely. how I felt last week. Just like, <sighs> deprived of life. Uh, he's like, breathing is so, like, fucked up mm. in this episode. Like, you know, the, his, the sound design was actually very good. teeth. And he had little golem hands. Like, I feel like his hands were CGI. Oh. They were so skinny and spindly. Jesus. I'll tell you what, it better be CGI later when you see him getting his leechings done or whatever because he's skinny as fuck jesus um crazy to think lucy he's only 55 who viserys oh gosh yeah i saw something on twitter which i think now i think can't be right that said Kristen is supposed to only be like five years younger than viserys is that incorrect oh god now you're really testing me um consider the time jumps and where he he hasn't aged a day no, I think he's he's like forty or something. I don't know. What at this at this Sorry, point? Sorry, listeners. Sorry. Yeah, at this point, yeah. Right. Okay. Rainier is like thirty-three at this point, or something. So. Okay. So he was always a bit older uh, than that. 
Stop asking me about ages because then people are going to write in and they're going to be like, oh, oh Len was wrong. She's, actu- she's actually 34. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. This, uh, is, this is what concerns me when I watch it. I'm like, oh, how old approximately are they? <laughs> You're like, let's get Len in trouble. Yeah. Let's ask him all these specific things. <laughs> Put dates him on the spot. So he, can set, so he can look like a fucking moron and then we'll kick on. No. Um, okay, so this was interesting. Obviously, for Sarah's, bless him. Uh, we'll talk about his performance in a bit because uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that when we talk about the throne room scene. Um, but man, he's not looking good. He's not looking copus mentis. Um, this is where we begin to see just how tragic his life is, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> does Damon suspect that his tea is being slowly poisoned, potentially? Definitely, and it is. I think if you, I think it is. If you look at well. his teeth. They're, Look at the state of him, They're for so rotten sake. because I think he's constantly absorbing things that are just not good for his teeth either. Like the milk of the poppy is like rotting his teeth. Um, <laughs> and I think he's getting it's more... like coffee. Yeah, he's getting more than he, he needs to and that's why he's deteriorated. I mean, he's always, you know, on his way out, but yeah, he's yeah shouldn't um, really still be alive and look like that. That shouldn't really be possible. Yeah, there is a suspicion in the books that his tea is slowly being poisoned. Uh, or at least something is potentially in his tea. The, the rumor, once again, rumor and hearsay, rumor has and it. sort of debunked by the guy who's writing the book, the maester who is writing the book. Um, they introduce their children, so Rhaenyra and Damon now have children. The one that you thought, the ones that you thought were twins. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure they're not twins. Uh, I'm going to ask you how old Aegon. they are. How old are they, Len? <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Uh, there's Egon the Younger, and he's called Egon the Younger because uh, we've obviously got the other Egon. That was a stupid so decision. Te- I mean, really, was well looking at it, but huge decision, huge decision. Because, and I said this to Gareth in the hot take, and we'll talk about it now. In the book, this is a huge point of contention for Alison really despising Rhaenyra mm. because the moment that her and Damon have a child. They call it Egon, obviously, as a slight to her calling her firstborn son with Viserys as Egon. So you have this situa- situation where you've got Egon the second and Egon the younger, or Egon the older and Egon the younger. And um, it's a huge issue for Alison. She fucking hates Rhaenyra for doing that. Yeah. Right? Um, so you say it's a weird decision. It's actually very calculated uh, by Rhaenyra to um, belittle her Egon. You know, mm. she believes that, you know... This is the air Egon, is... yeah. Although it's not well, really, is it? It's not e- he's not even <clears throat> no, an heir. No, he's never They have about eight no, kids. But he's, he's the purest blood, you know what I mean? So it's interesting. Um, and the other one is called Viserys, and I thought that was quite sweet, because he's like, oh, he'll make a fart. That's a king's name. Yeah. I was like, oh... oh. It's nice, isn't it? He loves his grandchildren nice, like so much more than he loves his other kids, like his, his, <laughs> his, his sons. Kids. He just cannot stand <laughs> them. He cannot even be bare to think about them, but he loves his little grandkids. Oh, I love his Sarahs. It's kind of like, uh, you know, when you're naming, you know, like if you, you, well, you do know, you're about to have a kid and then I've had got to. these baby names planned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got these baby names planned and then, then someone just, gives birth just before you and then they're like oh, you take, take your name and yeah it's it is that thing of oh can you really 
have the same name as someone in your kind of social circle? And I mean, yeah, yeah. you can, but it, it, could, can. it could be awkward. And this turns out to be quite a bad decision. We shall see. Um, when Vaymond Valerion reaches the Red Keep, Rhaenyra proposes an arrangement to gain Princess Rainey's support. She also implores Viserys to defend her succession, quoting Egg on the Conqueror's Dream. Um, so I thought the scene where she was like pleading with him when he's basically in this lucid, not very lucid, sorry, dream state, um, while there's like a storm lashing outside. I thought that was quite like powerful. It was. It was quite uncomfortable because it's like, your dad's really ill. And as much as this is important, you're just like, can you wake up? Hello, hello. Remember to say (laughs) this. Remember what was said about uh, Lucerus. Your your eyes have rolled back into your head. No, listen. It's like, oh, he's (laughs) like, give him a moment for pity's sake. Yeah. Good, good uh, quote there. Boromir. Always, always Boromir. Different show. Always Boromir. A different show, different time. Um, I think this next scene is unbelievable. Now, there are not many shows or instances where I would think an old man walking or hobbling, staggering, if you will, toward from like point a to point b um would make me cry didn't think that would happen unless you're watching like up or something because that really gets me every time yeah what about in um, uh, in pearl harbor when um fuck uh, that film lucy uh, roosevelt terrible gets out of his uh, wheelchair and goes and starts walking he goes don't tell me it can't be done so yeah it's probably pretty much the same that film <laughs> is an abomination yeah, so good sorry i mean I, I I just think that film was terrible. Of course, but, Every, you know, everybody anyway. does. I was just okay. Good taking the and piss. Maybe put it on a sort of how the fuck have you not seen that? Or <laughs> we have all seen it, but I bet John hasn't seen it or something. Um, so yeah, basically the moment of of them all at court pleading to Otto, who's sitting in the chair as hand of the king, as ruling regent in a way, uh, giving their cases for who should rule Driftmark and become lord of the tides control the valerian fleet and you know this isn't just just a bit of historical context this seat being the lord of driftmark and the valerians is hugely significant to war okay because they have the biggest fleet in the realm right and as we know ships are extremely important in the world of of, uh, you know Planetos, Essos and Westeros, and uh, A Song of Ice and Fire. So whoever, you know, if if Vaymond were to become the Lord, he is basically pledging his allegiance to the High Towers. Mm-hmm. You know? Huge. Uh, Rhaenyra and Damon would be fucked. They would have no sea power at all. So this is interesting. Just when you think Rhaenyra's cause is lost, uh, the doors open and Viserys makes that heroic mm. uh, stride towards the throne. Um, yeah, like I said, the music was fantastic. Did you like the scene, Luce? I, I thought it was so touching. Yes. Um, I mean, I'm not a royalist. I don't think we should have a royal family. But when I saw yeah. Otto on that fucking throne and Viserys came in, I was like, get the fuck off that throne, mate. The king is here. Yeah. 
this is where he sits. Get fucking off of it. Yeah, I yeah. was. I felt very, come on. We need a ruling class in this country. Country being Westeros, <laughs> not England. Um, yeah, I thought it was very yeah. moving. You know, he... He 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 did it for his daughter. He loves her, and he's—if that was to be his last stand, you know, so be it. He, yeah, he, and you can tell he's anno- even annoyed. Like, why are you doing this without me? Like, yeah, this is still my seat. I still have the final mm. say. Why are we still talking about this again? I'll tell you. This is how it's going to be. Lucerus is going to be the heir to the Driftmark throne. Um, I found it quite moving when Damon was the one to help him back up. And put his crown, yeah. put his crown back on his head. Do you want to hear an interesting fact about that, Luce? I think I already uh, know it, but tell the improvised. audience. Improvised. Yeah, it's improvised. Yeah. So the crown fell off um, when they were shooting, and Matt Smith just went and grabbed it and put it on Viserys' head, and they were like, "Fuck me, that's good." Mm. <laughs> so they kept it in. Keep that because it was. It was brilliant. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Keep that. It was. Um, you think about how many times they've. Well, essentially, Viserys has banished Damon twice in this in this very throne room. He's had a dagger to his throat at one point. Yeah, you know? he kicked him uh, on the floor. He kicked him while he was pissed and hung over. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, Damon is here, and he, he he obviously feels sorry for his brother. Yeah, who wouldn't when you see him yeah, in the state course. that he's in? And he's he's um, always been a good man, even if considered a weak man. That's right. And I think he has that respect for him and he has the respect for him for what he's done there to get to the throne to help out him and Rhaenyra. Um, you know, I, I actually really like Damon this episode, but we'll, we'll get onto that a bit later. Um, Vaymond here uh, after Viserys is like, look, why the fuck are we talking about this? Yeah. I've told We're you. This is mental. This. Yeah. Uh, he loses it. He loses his yeah. head in a way. Proper. Um, <laughs> I've said this in the hot take, but I watched it again, obviously. And the way that Damon goads him into this is delicious. He's like, say it. He's dying to say do it, it, isn't he? He just wants to oh, remove his head. Itching at... Well, that's the thing. Like, people have said, like, how can Damon do this at court? Um, well. This is a bit different to when Sir Kristen just beat someone to a <laughs> M- bloody pulp at a wedding. Vaymond yeah. um, has um, tre- done a treasonous act here, something that has been outlawed by the king, but also questioning uh, the future queen. Um, so beheading him is harsh, but totally fair <laughs> in this situation. <laughs> Um, I mean, he would have he would have been executed for treason, so he just did it a bit quicker. Yeah, he would have had his tongue removed at the bare minimum. Um, I love the bit where Viserys gets up and go gets the dagger, and he's like, "I'll have your tongue for that." That was actually awesome. And then when Damon goes, chops his head off, and goes, "You can keep your tongue," because he's actually just left his, his tongue little in tongue his head. still flopping out. Ugh. I was like, "Fucking hell, that is amazing!" You also see Aemond here get very excited. Yeah, he's loving a bit of uh, violence. He's loving a bit of Damon. I think. I think he's thinking. Well, I don't know either. Guys want to be him. Other guys want to be with him, you know, that kind of thing. Or kill him, you know? Yes. Or, you know. All all of the above. The Damon and Aemond rivalry is there to see just in visual terms, you know, look at them. They're similar looking, yeah. 
He could be a son. Like pure bought. They look like Targaryens. You know, they are the most Targaryen on this show, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, so it's it's there to see. In the books, I've written here that Rhaenyra actually sends Daemon to kill Vaymond, Um because of the slanders that have been written. And uh, Daemon beheads him and then feeds his body to Rhaenyra's dragon, Cyrax. So take that, dickhead. Yeah, um, waste not, want not. It, you know what? It, you know, obviously they're they're saying the right things because obviously the kids are bastards. But it, it when you see the that that Jason and Luke and Luce Lucaris are, are just nice kids. They're fucking good kids. Yeah, you know, I'm just like also. I've, can you leave these kids alone. I said this please. before. Okay, they're bastards, but they are her children, and if she's the heir to the throne, then they're heirs to the throne. Really, really, well, yeah, truly. But any. You can't be if you're a bastard, but well, yes. Um, I mean... As we know. They couldn't have children because he was gay. So what was she supposed to do? <laughs> which, I mean, which, I'm not going to say you're wrong. Which could have brought shame onto the Valarian house anyway, Mr. Veyman. So why don't you actually look ahead of yourself for like two steps and see the end game? But no, yeah, you only think about yourself. Stupid, it, is, it is stupid here that he thinks that his line is ended if Lucerus takes over the Driftwood throne. Um, because it's not. Baylor and Re- and Reyna are there. Mm. And the twins. And they are Valyrian. They are Damon and Lena's children. You can see they're Valyrian. You know, look at them. They are Valyrians. Um, so it's absolutely ridiculous that he thinks that, oh, you know. Also, I've also said in my notes here, why is he being such a dick? He could just go marry someone and make more heirs, you know, more Valyrians. Yeah. Uh, what's what's his fucking problem? Like Lord Corley, anyway, Lord Corley said, "I want Luke to be my heir." That's that. Your opinion's actually not relevant, so fuck off. And he did so good. Mm. Um, I've put here, you know, after that fantastic scene, uh, Viserys obviously requests that all his family gather for a lovely dinner. Um, what what could go wrong? Uh. Hey, um, soup's cold. The moment. Ah, this is ruined. <laughs> Gaspacho. <laughs> um, the moment Viserys comes in and removes his Phantom of the Opera mask. Love the mask, by the way. Uh, Big fan. Yeah. Big fan of Phantom. Yeah. Love it. He um, he gives a very rousing speech uh, with every fibre of his being uh, that he had left to give. And I thought that was amazing. Yeah. Um, God bless him. He sort of, for a brief moment in time, heals the realm and fixes all of the issues for a few minutes and you get a sense that it might be okay you know <laughs> he look he looks around the room i mean i mean looks with his with his one eye or whatever but he yeah he just he sees this these events before him like helena's dancing with jace and people are laughing at the table with each other and there's a bit of reconciliation and he's like, this is all I've ever wanted. Yeah, he you know? seems very content. And then um, Alicent just gets him removed. <laughs> it's like, can you come and just remove him without his say-so? Take him. Just take him away. Take him. Lift him out of here. Uh, I think we could talk about Viserys now, like, you know, in terms of Paddy's performance and, um, like, with the speech and everything. Yes, he's uh, you know, been fantastic. I, I'd be amazed if he doesn't get an Emmy next season, uh, next year, because he has been, not just throughout this episode, but throughout this season, been fantastic. And, um, 
it's baffling to me if he doesn't minimum get a nomination. Yeah, um, he, I think he will. Because this performance was top notch. Yeah. It was honestly like, I know you talk about that hyperbole, hyperbolic tweet that you shared on the group where it was like, this is one of the best episodes of Game of Thrones content ever. And it's got one of the best performances I've ever seen. No, he seen. said the best will... Game of Thrones performance, which I don't agree okay, with. Okay, yeah. I don't think it's the best Game of Thrones performance that I've ever seen. However, I will say it is up there. It is a very good performance. It's fantastic. Um, it, and it, it completely grounds the show. It completely gives you... Um, well, he's just given him a... It's like a real person. He's he's given him humanity and character and mm. someone to root for in this fucking dark world. Um, yeah. And he, yeah, he, he imbued so much personality and just warmth into the character and um, John sent us a tweet, didn't he, um, of an interview with of Paddy talking about how he was actually influenced by his mother when performing this role because his mother um, mm. was a very, very loved her family and was a very warm and caring person. But she suffered from diabetes, which eventually took her sight and her legs, which is absolutely awful. Um, and he and he mentions the sort of seeing her succumb to this disease and to to die like that, but without ever losing her warmth and her sense of humanity and how he imbued that in Viserys and 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 reading that, seeing that, you think, yeah, I can definitely see that this has come from somewhere real because that's probably why it's mm. had such an impact on all of us. Like whatever we think of the show, like no one can um, put down his performance or critique it because I just think. He's really, I mean, I've I've been a fan fan girl for of Viserys from the start, and yeah, yeah, he got a t shirt and everything. Really am hashtag team <laughs> Viz. He yeah he team Viz. he really really accomplished something special with the performance, and I think elevated the show in my opinion. And we will never see his yeah, like I mean, again. And we will never see his like again. Um, no, yeah, he he has been the rock throughout the season, like I said earlier, and. Like I think the show is gonna have a huge hole to fill. The you know we'll talk about it at the end of the episode, but just yeah, you know he was the character I actually cared about the most. And look, he's he's a very tragic character. Like I said, like think about his life. He's trying to do something that's never been done before. He's trying to set a precedent. Yeah, he's trying to essentially just build a family that all gets along with each other, and he's a good man. And I said this in the in the hot take, like, we can't be mad at him for being a good man. No. You know, someone who, in his position, you don't usually see that. You know, you, you have ruthless kings. You have to have a ruthless streak about you, whether you're a kind king or not. Or you see... Whether even you're King Elisar, you know, or, you know, Elisar in Lord of the Rings or whatever. You know, you're not... You're still, you still got to have a ruthless edge. Or if okay? you see... I think and, it was... Sorry, but the most interesting thing about the portrayal and it's the writing as well is that I fully expected him to become under the sway of Alison um like a Lady Macbeth mm. type thing she'd poison him um well not literally but get poison in his ear about Ooh. naming Egon as the heir and he just never changed he's just like no I love Rhaenyra and I think in his heart he was like she would actually be a good queen so um I'm not going to go against my gut feeling for someone I don't even know yet because you know obviously before Egon was born then when Egon is here he is terrible so why would he want him to be here when he knows Rhaenyra mm. and he knows what she's capable of good and bad um, but that was really yep. good because I, I was very much expecting him to just end up being like no I'm changing my mind because 
wife got in his ear and that never happened he stayed true to the end and, and i think that's really admirable and i love him definitely admirable uh, and uh, i am gonna miss him a lot but we'll talk about that in a minute uh, after it seems like he's healed the realm for all of those two minutes that i talked Yay. about um he gets dragged away from the dinner as you have mentioned <laughs> just take it um get rid of him get him out of here remove Look the at, king disgust he's disgusting look at his face oh. for fuck's sake um and Eamon then gets up and gives a very famous toast from the books, uh, the Strong Boys Toast. Um, mm. And this is just how I imagined it would be. Um, now, we've got a little bit of a division within the podcast. And that is that um, we're, we're split on Eamon in a way. Now, I love him. I think this actor is uh, I think you, very you and intriguing. Gareth fancy him. You're like sexually attracted to him. We're, we're kind Listening of sexually to the, attracted the hot to him. Yeah. Not that that's a problem. Striking, no, a striking fellow. No. He is a striking fellow. But we're also just intrigued by him. We're, we're, we're genuinely like this guy. He's got an aura. You know what I mean? And John is of the opinion that he's gone too far. Far, I think his opinion is, is he's gone too. Gaz called him a Bond villain, and I think John has said that yeah, that's the issue. It's gone too far that way. Where do you fall down on Aim and Lucy? Um, my initial issue was just age wise. Like if you see him against Luceris, it's like I that doesn't make sense with with the last iterations, the last actors. But actually, I think Aim the 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 casting. I've I've seen the guy in something else. Um a BBC drama called World on Fire, which also featured friend of the pod and Game of Thrones alumni, Sean Bean. Um, I think he's only 20 years old as well, actually, so he probably fits to the character of Eamon. But yeah, I think yep. you immediately see that this guy, it's quite good because it's its shorthand for the storytelling. We've missed, obviously, all of his life since he imprinted on Vagar. Um, but you really see how that boy turned into this man because of that dragon. Mm. Because if you, you know, mm. if you kind of can gain control of Agar, no one can tell you shit. Like, no one's, like, can do anything to you. And you can really see that trait in him that he, he now kind of feels he's got nothing to prove and he's kind of untouchable. And to do that without really much dialogue, I actually thought was really good. Um, yep. He's definitely got an unsettling, malevolent presence. And I just thought, is he going to fucking kill everyone in this room? Like, Is he going to kill these kids? He's just staring at Lucerus. I was like, oh, fuck, what's going to happen? Well, obviously, Luke, Luke took his eye. Exactly. And so. you, you do have to say about that. I know he says, oh, it's fair exchange. I've got a dragon. It's like there was no consequences um, for the children doing that. And I know he started it, but literally nothing happened to them for taking his eye. Yeah. Which is not great parenting. Te- technically, the other kids started it because all he did was claim a dragon, which is yeah. t- fair game, he was, he really. Was throwing, um, he was throwing punches at the girls. Yeah. Come on. Um, but no, I, that is I, um, I'm intrigued by him also, and I'm I'm interested to see where he goes. And it, it kind of puts you on notice that, yeah, this is a character that's going to do something. And you, you know that anyway, really, because he's, oh, he's got Vega. But obviously, I have no idea. Um, but in a way that's much different to Aegon, who is just quite, just seems like a one-note rapist, just a bit of a prick. Uh, whereas, yep. yeah, I thought, yeah, I'm, in, I'm intrigued by Aemon. Well, he's serious opposition for Team Black because obviously we've talked about this, the Greens and the Blacks and Team Green. Yeah. Um, 
have some formidable uh, people on their team now. They've obviously got Sir Kristen, who has beaten Damon already at attorney. You've got Eamon, who has just beat Sir Kristen. You see that in the yard early this episode. Yeah, I mean, Kristen um, swinging that fucking mace around. I was like, you could literally take his face morning off. Morning star. Yeah. But that's not yeah. something you train with, no? Like, with a person there. <laughs> so I can take his other no, eye off and half his face. Sorry, carry on. You shouldn't be training with that. Yeah, you shouldn't be training with those uh, those actual weapons. No. Um, he's also riding Vagar, obviously, Eamon, that you've talked about, who is essentially the largest dragon in the world. She is absolutely massive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're just trying to fuel the fire for this Damon and Eamon rivalry because after he gives this strong speech calling them strong boys uh, Jace hits him and then they have to break up another fight so the lovely peace of the realm is is Shattered. over and although you see uh, Alison and Rhaenyra hold each other's hands tenderly like they did as children mm. because there actually is a little bit of uh, reconciliation there you know there genuinely is definitely um, a softening of relations because I, I think with yeah. Alison, and I think Rhaenyra recognises it, like she has cared for the king. Like you do get the impression that even if she, it's not love, like she does have a sense of duty. She has looked after him. Like I know there's rumours that she's poisoning him, but I, I, I do get that she cares about him. Um, and, you know, Rhaenyra hasn't yep. been there. She's not been there, but Alison has. So that has to be kind of remembered. And yeah, it seemed like there was a thawing of um, relations. It seemed genuine to me and it was quite touching. And I thought, can't you just be friends again like you were when you were kids? Yeah. Can't they? It's all brief. It's all brief because obviously what happens at the end of this episode is going to change the course of Westeros. Um, And it's, I have a huge issue with Alison and Rhaenyra sort of reconnecting here. Um. It makes what's about to happen feel very unbelievable. Your dog just came in. Yeah. <laughs> My horse. <laughs> yes, um, steed. Listeners, it's 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 a great Dane. She just appeared behind me. Um so essentially my steed yes mm. um no I have a problem with Alison and and Rhaenyra reconnecting here because it just it doesn't feel right to me. Um at this point it's full hatred. You know, like mm. I talked about with the kids being named the same, um, Eamon losing his eye. Like, this is stuff that doesn't just get solved, you know? Because we haven't and seen any of the interim years. It's easier no, just to forget that, which I think is a, is a weakness of these time parts. Imagine how much more it festers when they're apart from each other. Mm. You get what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but they you, seemed you know. like she was a bit sniffy with her, but generally, like... Uh, Rhaenyra's speech was seemed genuine, and and so did um, Alison's. Yeah, no, look, I'm not criticising the performance or anything. I just, from my perspective, I think it's going to seem like a bit of a fucking 180 in a minute, right? <laughs> um, so just bear, get ready. Um, so this is the the last scene is is, is Viserys um, near death. I've written in his bed uh, after a fantastic performance from Paddy all episode. Um, starts muttering. Uh, or spewing uh, parts of Egon the Conqueror's dream, mm. a song of ice and fire, to Alicent, mistaking her for Rhaenyra. Uh, and Alicent interprets it to mean her son, Egon, is the prince that was promised. Mm-hmm. Now, I have issue. This is the only part of the episode, really, 
really genuinely like this last scene where I'm like I really don't like it um interesting because and we've talked about this already can you stop fucking talking about a song of ice and fire please can you stop saying it can you stop <laughs> saying it right no um it just feels so heavy-handed but also there's a couple of things at play here now i'm going to ask you this question because this to me is open to interpretation what i've read there is not necessarily the interpretation of what Alison believes. Do you think that Alison now believes Egon is the prince that was promised because of this sort of disjointed um, prophecy that he's just recounted to her? Or do you think that she thinks that Viserys chose Rhaenyra because of this weird dragon prophecy that she doesn't believe in? So therefore, she's definitely going to assert Egon as heir. Which one do you think it is? I think it could be a third option. Um, she, presumably, Ooh, she doesn't know. She doesn't know the uh, prophecy, does she? She's not aware of it. No, but she, that's the first time she's heard. I think to do she's with it. just so. What he says it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, we've obviously heard that stupid phrase "Song of Ice and Fire" a few times in the season, so we know what it means. I think she's just thinking he has changed his mind, and is just saying egg on. And she's going, "I'm not going to think too much about that. I'm going to run with it." I think she's just going to take advantage of the fact that he said the word Egon um, before he died. I don't think it's, I don't think it's much deeper than that Um, because there's not really any way she could, he could, she could get much sense out of what he said without having any prior knowledge of the prophecy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's a couple of things here that, well, that, 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 that way makes it seem like I can accept it maybe Mm. um my big issue is and i will be fascinated to know in the next episode because if she walks up to like otto and says he told me about this prophecy yeah and egon has to be on the throne or something along those lines i'm gonna lose my mind because there is no way that this is a motivating factor for the greens yeah yeah and their pursuit to put egon on the throne because it just it, honestly it would go so far against my interpretation and i think a lot of readers interpretations of the books that it's just ridiculous you know you even see alison here with the seven pointed star and this whole idea that she's bringing the new gods into the red keep which is a huge issue um obviously damon and rhaenyra take issue with it um, but the high towers are obviously massively aligned to the new gods they wouldn't believe you know some old god dream some uh, Valyrian god prophecy. Um, so there's no way she would believe anything like this. The, the thing that I said to Gareth in the hot take was she's looking for anything to justify putting Egon yeah, on the throne. That's, that's how I read it, is that he said some garbled shit, Egon's name has come up, and she's like, right, that's yeah. that then. Him again. Yeah. <laughs> which, which one which again? Um, so I think... <laughs> That's where it comes from. I don't think it's because, it, as you say, like I hadn't thought of it like that because, obviously, having not read the books, um, everyone's motivations are maybe not as clear to me. But yeah, the, the idea of the Greens being like, "Yeah, we've got to make this prophecy come true," doesn't really make any sense. I think she's op- opportunistic, um, and she's you know she has heard what he said. She's heard her son's name, and she thinks, right, 
now that he's completely lost sense of his faculties and he's saying this, yeah, I'll, t- yep. I'll take this as, as written yep. and uh, this is gospel and yep. now my son has to be king. Yeah, and we're going to see how that unfolds next week because uh, we assume Viserys is dead here at the end of the episode, yeah? <laughs> Fate to black. No, he's back again. No, I think he's dead. Yeah. It's very sweet that he, he sort of says, my love, and he's talking about Emma, obviously. Yeah. Um, uh, he obviously died in the first episode. Uh, I thought that was very tender, and I think that wraps a fantastic season from Paddy. Yeah. who MVP. In this episode was MVP and in the season I think we'll go down as MVP sure. I don't think there's any you know the one thing that the time jumps have allowed is for the actors who have stayed the same to really stand out and he has been one of them mm-hmm. so um, well done Paddy well done to you uh, sir you may now rest yeah rest it you've rest, earned it little Paddy rest you bloody have earned it alright Luce that's the end of the episode so we're going to quickly move on to some feedback yeah, yeah. and then uh then we'll get some rest ahead of what is going to be, you know, fucking mental two episodes, I reckon. Um, of course, you can write into us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. You can interact with us on social media channels. Also, that's uh, fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we have gone a little bit over. Just two of us. We've almost gone over time. Unbelievable. Always happens. Um, we've got some... Always happens. Uh, we've got some feedback from uh, Christopher who has said uh, he's our resident um, title ah, yes. uh, section viewer. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Because, uh, as you know, listeners, we've talked about this. Sometimes I skip the titles these days because it annoys me. I always that they skip use it. The same music. So Christopher watches it so we don't have to. So I rate you for that, Christopher. Thank you for your service. Cheers, mate. Yeah. Uh, he says more bloodlines drawn in the opening sequence uh, from Damon and Rhaenyra to their two new children and Egon's kids with Helena um, I know you've been skipping the intro so yeah maybe you know. maybe I would have known that had I bothered to watch it but you know time is money so <laughs> it sounds like we're lazy but I will tell you I genuinely am still annoyed okay about the music yeah thing. I don't want to hear it okay I love the music of Game of Thrones but I just wanted something new and it really frustrates me um Jason uh, has been in touch um, on email. Thank you very much. Uh, and said, I've read Fire and Blood and I'm obsessed with all the main novels. I'm a huge fan of Dawn uh, and I'm desperate for Gurm to finish The Winter of Winter, as we all are, of course. Um, I'm glad your podcast has people who've read the books and can provide excellent nuanced analysis. Yeah. So the nuance comes yeah, from so me. So what about the others? Uh, what do we provide? <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, Lucy. Lucy's staying unsullied with the books because uh, we're, we're not with the books. She's obviously read Song of Ice and Fire multiple times, but she's staying unsullied with Fire and Blood because we've decided that for this podcast, having a mixture of me, John, and Emma who have read the books, and Lucy and Gaz who haven't read the books, uh, makes for some very interesting analysis. Yeah. In my opinion, I'm the mouthpiece um, for the common man who doesn't always understand things right. or know who people's that's names right. are, but you know who tries. Okay. There are Who dozens tries, of yeah. us. And I stand for there you. Are. There's a lot of people out there. To be fair, there's fucking loads of people who haven't read Fire and Blood because I guarantee, I guarantee to you, people pick it up, right? People will go People will go to the shop and they'll pick up Fire and Blood and they'll go, oh yeah, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. That show was really good, yeah? This is going to be really interesting. They're going to have to read about 
300 pages before they even get to a dance of dragons skip ahead and <laughs> and before they get there they're just gonna be like and then this targaryen ruled at dragonstone for five years then he went on a ship then he did this it's just like it's just like you know some of it is dry oh, okay so some people some people are going to read it and they're going to be like what the fuck is this so um in a way uh, pretty much a lot of the listeners will be like you, Lucy. Um, Jason's gone to say, one thing I'm curious to get your thoughts on is the whole incest thing. Like, I get that you'll find it disgusting given our social no- uh, normal societal norms and legal stuff, but I guess I just don't find it a huge deal because this is a totally fictional world and it's the Targaryens. In the world that Gurum has created, this is perfectly acceptable and what they've been doing for over 100 years. Aegon married both of his sisters, Jaehaerys married Alysanne, so forth, and so on. I'm I'm not sure why uh, we have why we've got so much venom when we discuss the incest um, thing. Um, Jason, I I would say it's not so much the incest; it's more the grooming. When we're talking about Damon and Rhaenyra's and the fact that he kind of targeted her from a young that age. That is true. Um, that and is the true. actresses has, themselves have mentioned it as grooming. That's what makes me uncomfortable because I could watch Jamie and and uh, Cersei and just think, yeah, they love each other. Big deal. And their brother and sister. Whereas it's the fact that he, yeah, groomed her from a young age, which makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, I will say that in this world, uh, being groomed at a young age, in this fictional world, is completely par for the course. You know, you have wives who are sometimes six or seven but years that old. that doesn't mean that you know, we betrothed. we have to go, well, it was fine at the time. It's not a real time. It doesn't exist. <laughs> no, and I know. I know, we, I know it's I know. hard not to watch it with your modern day morals. Um, and yeah. I, it's the yeah underageness I th- of it all. I think my biggest issue with it is, and I've got no issue with it in terms of the actual story, because if anything, I'm actually a Targaryen um, incest shipper. But I actually hmm. really like uh, I like Rhaenyra and Daemon together in the book. I like John and Danny. Um, I like I like the that that is okay. It sits fine with me. Okay. Um, I actually don't even mind Aegon marrying his sisters, <laughs> you know, because it's quite a cool, st- it's quite a cool story. They dominate, you know, Westeros with the dragons. Uh, my big issue, and I think John's issue, and I think uh, a lot of our issues that they were talking about last week, is just how people on Twitter are like talking about these incestuous moments so fucking tenderly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're like, it's just so romantic. It's like, come on, guys, it's not fucking romantic. It's just, it's, it's cool that they're together. And uncle is but we don't fucking his fucking, niece. He's much younger. <laughs> we don't than have niece. to ham it up. We just don't have to ham it up on Twitter. That's what we're saying. We're not saying that we disagree with it in the fictional world because we all agree with it. I think we'd all say it makes perfect sense, especially from a Targaryen lineage point of view. But I think it's the Twitter and the social media reaction, you know, fan sites and that sort of stuff. It's just a bit much, isn't it? Um, That's my biggest issue with it. He also said uh, he's shifting uh, Harwin and Rhaenyra. Uh, I know it's dumb, but their interaction um, with the kids in episode six absolutely broke my heart. Um, and I agree, Harwin was fucking cool and obviously dead too. I early. would have liked to have seen uh, more of him rather than him just being like the perfect man in one episode and then, then yeah. dying. Yeah, yeah, I would have definitely liked to see more of him as well. Uh, he says, great job on the podcast. Um, he subscribed and will listen to the end of House of the Dragon, which hopefully won't be for many years. Um, and I don't think it will be. I think it will be four seasons, potentially, loose. So... Okay. We'll see. We'll may the, see. May the, may the reign of the Targaryens continue for many Unabated. more years to come. 
yeah, I mean, look, we're about to, it's about to kick off, in it? We've just had the prologue, basically, because right now, shit is going to go down next week. And I cannot wait to be joined uh, by you, of course, Lucy, and more of the fan critical group who obviously could not be here today. Um, you know, one of Bronze John, Lady Emma, uh, and little Sir Gareth, when he gets back from Ooh, dawn, will be Have you here. just knighted Gareth? You just called oh, him no. Sir Gareth. Oh, oh congratulations, oh, no. Gaz, on your ascension tonight. Oh, no. Can't take that um, back. Don't edit that out. I'll tell him. This. I'm going to tell him. This <gasps> This is a point of contention that we will have to address. That is a, a Freudian slip of the tongue. I mean, he's done nearly the whole me. season as your cupbearer. I think you can promote him tonight. Yeah. Remove my tongue. Viserys, <laughs> cut my tongue out and don't let me ever speak those words again. Uh, no, Luce, we will discuss this with... Um, person we just talked about <laughs> i can't say <laughs> my cup bearer um yeah we'll talk about that next week anyway lucy thank you for joining thank me thank you len uh, to talk about this episode i think we've uh successfully deep dived it and as i said next week's going to be hectic so please do tune in for our hot take and of course our deep dive uh share the podcast go to patreon.com forward slash fan critical let us know your thoughts email fan critical podcast at gmail.com and thank you so much for listening we will return next week for episode nine which has already got a title lucy it's called the green council Ooh. so make of that what does that what you mean will. i mean shit's gonna go down anyway thanks Luce. thanks lovely Thank listeners you, we'll catch you next week bye, bye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.